Haley Ryan here again today, and you get to hear from PJ and Banasaur. Now, let me tell you guys, actually, let me just warn you guys. He has a smooth and suave, sweet talker kind of voice, but I can tell you that's not who he is. He also has a really big heart for influencing others. PJ takes advantage of his ability to give back, and he lets us know how he's impacted his community and how being a college athlete has given him a platform to do that and why it's so important to him. So sit back and listen up as PJ speaks facts on giving back, right here on the Pregame Podcast. All right, guys, I'm here with PJ Banasor. He's from Austin, Texas, currently a senior football player at Louisville. Peter, what's up? Oh, sorry, PJ. Either works, but I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. How's spring training going? Spring training is going well. We actually have one more week. Uh, we, we finish up next Thursday, and then we have a little break with spring break coming up. Well, I don't know about you, but I'm excited for spring break, so I'm sure you're looking forward Definitely. to it. So, PJ, you're playing football. Um, you started at OU. Tell me, uh, you were a Big 12 champ twice at OU, so kind of tell me mm-hmm. how going from OU and just transferring schools and why you did that. Kind of just walk me through that experience. 2015 was my freshman year at the University of Oklahoma. I was starting, doing pretty well. My position coach at the time uh, retired during that time. So I I got a new coach. So I guess the system kind of changed uh, what I was accustomed to, um, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of changed. And with being so young, uh, the transition is a little bit more difficult for someone, you know, per se, who had more experience or, you know, was used to certain things. So I stayed my sophomore season, actually redshirted that season. So set out that year, uh, you know, eventually decided to transfer to the University of Louisville, who uh, offered me in high school. So I, I knew a couple of the coaches, uh, was accustomed to what they were trying to do here. And then, you know, eventually transferred. I set out this, I set out one year, you know, NCAA rules. So I set out one year mm-hmm, yeah. and then played last year. And, um, you know, everything's been good in terms of, uh, meeting new people, learning how, you know, the coaches coach, you know, being around campus, getting comfortable with the support staff and, you know, everything else. So I've had a great experience since I've been here. Yeah, that's good. And I'm sure your family's really proud of you. You know, playing at two colleges is not easy. Right. So you're really involved in community service. And, you know, that's something that athletes get the opportunity to do through the student athlete advisory committee. So how did you, especially being at two schools, how did you kind of jump into that at first? So the year that I set out, I didn't want there to be any sense of disconnect. So I was really involved with the team that the year I set out, I went to things that even weren't necessarily mandatory. You know, mm-hmm. I was real supportive of the guys who were playing and, you know, I showed up to things, you know, extremely early. So I, I guess I caught the attention of the coaching staff right off the bat, um, you know, being a team mm-hmm. player, uh, trying to lead from the, the uh, sidelines and always being involved. That year, the director of student athlete and leadership and career development reached out to me and told me that my coaching staff wanted me to be a part of SAC. So I was introduced to it. I learned a lot of things. We went on a lot of trips as far as, you know, community service. I went to different hospitals, you know, just connected with a lot of people uh, in this community. Uh, so from then mm-hmm. on, I became kind of like a veteran within the group and, yeah. you know, taking things upon myself to 
reach out to people in the community. And then, you know, eventually I got nominated to uh, be a part of SAC, but on the NCAA scale, mm-hmm. uh, which would propel me to, you know, be a, uh, an advisor for the ACC conference and go on these different uh, seminars and events and actually have a voice when it came to um, deciding or legislating what uh, could impact uh, student athletes around campus. So it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that does sound sounds like a lot. How is that? Has it yeah. been challenging, you know, juggling that with football, I'm sure? Yeah, my schedule is really crazy. I don't know if you've heard of the app Teamworks. Oh, yeah, there's an app. Yeah, that regulates, you know, everything. So I'm kind of in two different like teamwork sections, one for SAC um, and I guess score as well. And then one for football. So I get double the messages and double the, Uh you know, alerts with what I have going on. So but it definitely keeps you disciplined and, you know, keeps your priorities straight. How has being involved in your community um, motivated you on the field and just being every day and being a role model? Uh, it definitely puts things into perspective. You know, for example, going to an elementary school uh, with students who probably aren't, you know, as privileged uh, growing up in the area that they grow up or seeing some of the things mm-hmm. that they've seen. Uh, to have like a football player come speak to them and, you know, sit down with them and write goals and ways to achieve those goals and what steps they plan to take in the future, um, you know, and also reassuring them or, you know, letting them know how sports comes with all these different things. It's not just mm-hmm. um, being on TV and wearing cool jerseys and having, you know, gloves right. and cleats, uh, but it also coincides with, you know, academics, you know, things like that. So you definitely are a role model. You're definitely cognizant of what you put on social media, you know, mm-hmm. what you wear, how you carry yourself, um, where you wear, you know, your football clothes too, in terms of out of the facility and, you know, who may come up to you and know you from, such and such. So you have to be, you know, diligent in, you know, the way you carry yourself for sure. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that um, you also work with FCA and you also mentor mm-hmm. kids with the W.E. Du Bois Academy and also at right. the J.B. Atkinson Academy. So tell me how you mm-hmm. got involved in that because that's, you know, kind of outside. Yeah, uh, FCA here is at the University of Louisville pretty big. Um, and mm-hmm. our director of FCA, uh, Chris Morgan, he does a great job with providing multiple community service outlets actually every mm-hmm. week there's there's something to do here uh, he makes that really accessible so we go to for example the web du bois academy where it's actually mm-hmm. pretty cool there they wear uniforms uh, every day except for friday where you know it's kind of like a free day mm-hmm. everyone pretty much at that school has all a's <laughs> they talk about different things uh it's it's kind of different from your typical four core subjects. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they take, uh, you know, like a typing class or how to like a manners class, you know what I mean? Like a like an etiquette uh, course, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Different yeah. things like that. So things that are relative to everyday life, also in addition to your four core subjects. So we've built like a bond with them. It's not just, you know, you go there once and then the kid can say, you know, I know PJ from such and such, but I visit mm-hmm. with them every week. So you build a bond, you, you know, what's going on in their personal lives and, and vice versa. And you, and you actually walk away from it, you know, probably getting more from it than they do in terms of, you know, them looking up to you and admiring you, you actually learn and, you know, take a step into their lives and see what they're uh, dealing with as well. So I think it it helps uh, both sides of the situation. And as far as, you know, you said you learn from them, you might more learn more as much more than they do. 
what, how have you realized and noticed that in your everyday life and, you know, each year? I think as student athletes, we're so used to being like so performance based. Um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Everybody on TV expects these big plays. The fans yeah. want all these great things from you, you know, probably even your family too. So when you go to uh, these things with these little kids who, you know, think differently, um, you know, due to age and, you know, levels of maturity, you just go there telling your story per se, you know, what you've been through, what you went through to get to here and such and such. And you can just see the admiration in their faces with the questions they ask you and how they're sponges, so to speak, you know, just soaking in mm -hmm. all this different information. Yeah. So you can see that they actually benefit from it. It's so much, you know, it's filled with substance and purpose. So you walk away feeling like I probably just changed this kid's life. You know what I mean? I kind of, mm -hmm. I kind of just, you know, pushed him in a direction where he sees these things can be achieved if I do such and such. So in that aspect, you walk away knowing that, um, you know, you did a service uh, for someone who probably walks in a different direction of life than you grew up on or are currently going through. And how do you influence your teammates to, you know, get into that with you? Because you mentioned your coaches noticed you were a leader, even when you weren't mm -hmm. playing. And so others obviously realized that. Have you gotten your teammates into it with you? Yeah, we actually have a good amount of uh, teammates that are involved. I think the University of Louisville is like top four, top five in the country with uh, student mm -hmm. athlete community service hours. So wow. uh, everyone, yeah, everyone around the campus uh, who's a student athlete uh, regularly participates, whether it just be hearing from someone who's involved in it or uh, whether it be their coaches or a support staff member or Chris, who's an FCA, um, you know, pushing these different things like, you know, this is going on this week. Feel free to come up. I mean, there's buses that come to the campus that'll take us as if we're headed to a game um, mm -hmm. with different student athletes to go you know, reach out to members of the community. So it's definitely inspiring. And how does, you said Louisville's like top four or five in the country. How mm -hmm. does that change the culture on you from your team to the next average football team? Yeah. What's interesting about that is when kids, well, student athletes come here on their official visits, um, we have what is called a player panel. And I'm a part of that panel, which what I do is I speak to the parents and the kids kind of just, trying to be transparent with them and let them know, I guess what you could say, you know, what they're getting themselves into when they come mm -hmm. to a college or specifically this right. one. So it's discussed about how, how much of an influence we do have with this quote unquote power being a, being a student athlete and also, you know, faith when it comes to fellowship of Christian athletes and what we can do mm -hmm. in someone's life by just, you know, pouring into them, whether it be speaking to them or, you know, ministry you know, hearing their testimonies or vice versa. So uh, it's definitely something that the parents like when they hear about it. And, you know, the athletes have the opportunity to do so if they choose to come here. So it's definitely more than just being a football player here. So right. I think that's great. Right. And how has your faith, you, you mentioned it, that your faith, how has that um, helped you along your journey? Uh, it's been tremendous. I mean, if you can imagine... Um, you know, being University of Oklahoma, that's in Norman, um, you know, and mm -hmm. Louisville's here in Kentucky and I'm from Texas. So I've been, mm -hmm. you know, away from home for a long time here. Right. I'm like, I think 15 hours away from home. So, uh, wow. just driving down the street and getting home cooked meals, that's definitely not a thing. 
and then, you know, clinging on to your faith and, you know, probably being around like-minded people helps definitely. Mm-hmm. And then being grounded and understanding what you're trying to achieve at the end of the day, uh, surrounded by your faith, uh, helps mm-hmm. propel me in, you know, a direction of where I want to be. So I think without my faith, I would not be able to, you know, keep pushing and striving to be the best version of myself. And just kind of be where you are now. Right. You also said in your um, your application that sports have helped you network and learn mm-hmm. and grow as a man. And they've helped your discipline right. and confidence, which you kind of touched on. So just um, talk a little more about, you know, growing as a man. You know, you're, you're transferring schools. You're away from home. Mm-hmm. How have you kind of taken that on? Yeah, with leaving schools you kind of walk into a blind situation, definitely, actually. Not necessarily knowing what you're getting yourself into. A lot of things are kind of just based on word of mouth. And I was at an age um, where I felt it was necessarily necessary for me to do everything on my own. So in terms of, mm-hmm. I don't need my parents to come visit this university with me. I don't need my parents to come help me unpack. Uh, not to mention, it is Austin, Texas. And that's right. not something you can just do. You're right. So, and then on top of that, I know where I'm trying to get at the end of the day. So I need to be the one to ordain my steps and you mm-hmm. know, ask the right questions to people, meet people, knock on doors, figure out what I need to do, who I need to get in contact with. And because of sports, I've been able to network in, you know, scenarios, you know, I aspire to get my MBA mm-hmm. in business administration. Eventually I've, I've applied to business school and, you know, business school starts in the fall. So with that being mm-hmm. said, because of football and my name being out there for different things, I have kind of a respect and it's understood that, you know, student athletes have to be disciplined by default, whether it means waking up for right. mandatory meals, uh, waking up for mandatory practice, you know, practicing at all different hours of the day. It's respected in terms of an understanding that we, we as athletes understand we have to get things done. So when you transition that into a business world or a business aspect or just life after sports, um, there's almost an unexpected sense of leadership uh, or accountability that this person knows what it, what it takes. So I can trust mm-hmm. them in these factors. So I owe that to sports. I owe that to all these different coaches. I even owe that to my parents, my upbringing, and you know, just mm-hmm. trying to emulate responsibility at the end of the day. And you're clearly, you said you're knocking on doors, you're taking things on on your own. So how did you hear about the winning edge? I heard about the winning edge actually last year. Um, One of my teammates was actually a part of it. Gigi. Gerald Robinson. Gigi, yeah. Uh, He disappeared one weekend in the middle of workouts. So I'm like, where did you go? And nobody knew. Well, I didn't know at first. And then he came back and told me a little bit about it. I saw some of the things through social media. And I don't necessarily know how he got involved with it, but I saw some of the things through social media. So uh, this semester and last semester, as you know, a lot of things have been unfolding for me off the field and on the mm-hmm. field. The uh, director of student athletes and career and leadership, she reached out to me and told me that she definitely thinks it's something that I should partake in if mm-hmm. along with, you know, my coaches as well. So I read about it, researched about it, watched the informational video and went ahead and applied. So you, you've applied for this, you know, you're excited about it. Why do you think this opportunity is important and it's going to propel you to your next steps? 
Um, I think with being uh, labeled as a football player, quote unquote, there come so many stigmas and stereotypes, whether it be just being like a one dimensional person or Mm -hmm. um, someone who just knows football. I've never been that guy. Mm -hmm. I'd never have let like sports define me, but I, you know, I also obviously would use it to propel me or open up different Mm -hmm. doors. I feel like there's so many different things. I bring to the table and for a while now, obviously have been working to get to the NFL, but at the same time, I'm, you know, strategically trying to position and plan the rest of my life. So I Mm -hmm. think with football, giving me this opportunity, even, you know, to have to be on the phone with you right now, it's another stepping stone, you know, to go to Atlanta and meet Maria Taylor, go to Atlanta and meet all these different people who have so much knowledge and experience themselves and just even going there to be able to listen would be enough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, In terms of listening and trying to make some of that knowledge your own, you know, use it to your benefit and, you know, shaking hands with people you wouldn't necessarily be shaking hands with if it wasn't for the gateway of sports. So, you know, it's obviously a blessing. So I plan on exhausting every opportunity that, that I'm given when it comes to what avenues and paths uh, sports can take me towards. And that's that's exactly the attitude that the winning edge is about, you know, what mm-hmm. what can you do? But then also, how can they help you? And right. one thing that is important to the winning edge is minorities in the sports industry. And mm-hmm. you wrote in your um, your application that you understand the importance of extra work done by minorities in order to reach a high level of success. So what, what is that importance? What do you get out of that? Uh, with that, I think minorities understand that uh, you have to go above and beyond the calling. You know, an example would be like, okay, say for example, um, I have a job interview coming up and the attire is just like business casual. I'm liable to dress with a full suit on and come in there with my resume, even if that wasn't asked of me, because I understand. Right. Uh, right. I understand what it can do for me. I understand that I need to go above and beyond. I understand that this criteria doesn't necessarily adhere to everyone. And, you know, I understand how important first impressions are. So when it comes to minorities, I think it's important to distance yourself, obviously, in a positive way or propel yourself in a different light by understanding that you need to go above and beyond because uh, the way our world is set up is difficult. So uh, it's important to be educated in, in, in different ways to understand uh, that you need to be your best self uh, with every opportunity that you get. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're excited. Obviously, you, you have a game plan for this retreat, but aside from just listening, what what else are you looking forward to, you know? Aside from learning and meeting mm-hmm. Maria and meeting all the people, is there something else that you're really looking forward to? Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing who else is there in terms of who are, who the other cohort members are. Uh, I want to hear like their mm-hmm. different experiences. I want to build, you know, friendships and relationships and just see how like relatable, you know, everyone's stories are or, you know, also yeah. see what they're trying to get out of it and, you know, maybe even how they heard about it. I want to see what we're doing in general. You know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happens? Um, it's obviously talked about in a high, uh, highly. I want to, you know, see what is going on for myself and see what I take away from it. 
And I just want to have fun too at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to have a lot of fun. Yeah. PJ, I was looking at your Instagram and you got some style going on. So <laughs> where, where does that come from? You know, what, what's your, what's your style about? You know, it was crazy as I don't, I don't, I'm the, I hate social media. This is probably going to sound really, <laughs> I hate social media. I only, basically have an Instagram just because so I can say I have one or people don't think you're just like under a rock. So that's really why. Right. I'm right. But, uh, right. Yeah. I do have style. You're right about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, I don't know where that comes from. Um, and I'm not even really the most photogenic person I try though, but, um, yeah, I have a good taste that probably comes from my dad. Uh, he's like one of those old school cats who tries to dress like he's young still. That's who he is. Yeah. So, yeah, I try to, you know, stay up to date and, you know, dress well. So, yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. Right. <laughs> well, PJ, we're excited to see you in Atlanta. Um, thanks for being on this phone call. I, I know you're going to bring a lot of positive energy and a lot of leadership yeah. to the retreat. And I know I can't wait to see what you do there. And I know Kareen and Maria are going to be super excited. And we just can't wait to see you there. So uh, anything else? Anything else you want to say? Obviously, and I'm extremely, you know, thankful for the opportunity. I'm definitely looking forward to everything that comes with it and, you know, what I can bring to the table there and then afterwards. So I'm definitely appreciative. All right. PJ and Banasaur, senior football player. We will see you guys at the retreat. Thanks, PJ. No problem. Thank you. you enjoyed that episode of the pregame podcast make sure to follow our instagram and twitter handles at the we leadership find us on linkedin and facebook or check out our website winningedgeleadership.org and don't forget you can always search hashtag we game change on any social media platform all right i'll catch you at our next episode